So to set out, um, we'll get back to the lectionary at some point. Um, there'll be different feedback sessions from Uganda and other things over the course of the next while as trying to get ready for a new year, work out who we are as a congregation again. Um, but this morning, because we were looking at the teams coming back after the summer that we'd sent them out, um, I'm going to try and share something about that, but also bring that into the new church year and what we can all um, be thinking about as the new church year starts. Um, I suppose also trying to give you some idea of um, what I was thinking in sabbatical. Um, obviously, I was writing a, a book. The first draft is done, and um, we seem very happy with that. There's still work to be done, but it was, um, it was almost writing every day, even when the team was out. Um, uh, there were some days in Onelaku when I uh, went into... They have, we have an Onelaku room, and they have a Fitzroy room, so... I went into the Fitzroy room in Onelaku and did some work in the book. So that was what I was doing. But as a result of us being in Kampala, um, uh, we had very kindly um, Fiends of Life because we were, I was writing the book and given us a lovely little apartment they have, which I really love. I've stayed in it a couple of times. But the, Scott and Anne Brown here from Coleraine, some of you may know um, Scott's a doctor, Anne's a lawyer. Um, they've been living out there for a few years and they have a lovely apartment and um, when we were coming back down with the team um, they uh, they said to us oh, stay in our apartment we went oh no no we like where we are and then they said oh no do and then they invited us up for a coffee and we said yes yes we will um, so um, but the wonderful thing about it is it was in the there, there's four floors in the Shalom uh, Fields of Life offices and it's the it's the top one um, kept you walking upstairs all day but also to take a rest there was all the offices, so I always would go in and we would chat with the staff what was going on. We would be involved in that because we were part of the community having lunch with the staff. Um, Janice and the girls one night were putting packs together for a team that was coming in the next day at half ten or eleven o'clock at night with the rest of the staff. We became part of Fields of Life for that period of time and that was a really wonderful, real blessing, privilege, but also a chance... Um, unintentionally and unofficially for me to be thinking not only about our team as a short-term team but seeing all the other teams come in and out and the difficulties of that and what they did and what they were doing and what was working and what wasn't working um, it gave me a chance I think to think a lot about uh, short-term teams and mission in general so you'll get some of that today and of course when I was thinking well where was there short-term teams in the scriptures it was obvious to go to, to Luke chapter 10 and um, that could have thrown me off in a few other directions, but I'm trying not to this morning. But in Luke chapter 10, Jesus sends 70, 72, whatever number it was, um, out there to do short-term mission. And then they come back in verse 17. And this is what it says. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the, the demons submit to us in your name. Um, he replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that your, the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Wow. At that, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father. And no one knows who the Father is except the Son and those whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then he turned to his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see, but they didn't see it. And to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. 
Amen. And I think that some of our teams or some of the guys coming back from teams have already talked about some of those things that people would love to see and haven't had the chance to see. I've juggled this a bit because of our time again, but let me see where I might kick in. Short-term teams uh, intrigued me this summer, particularly in uh, orientation of how they go. And um, I would be wanting to talk to David and, and Richard uh, about a few ideas I have for that in uh, fields of life teams, the expectations. The um, uh, you, you don't have to just orientate um, to the fact you're going a short-term team. I think you need to orientate to a country. I think you need to orientate to an organisation. I think you need to orientate to the, the, the team you're going to be in. And, and to do that, you need time. And I'm not thinking about that this morning. I'm thinking about what happens when you're coming back. When, um, when, when the team, our team was at its end, um, Janice and I's last um, chat with the team was, when you come back, don't expect anybody to be interested. Now, that's harsh. But it's actually true. It's like when you go up to somebody in the coffee area in a minute or two and say, how are you doing? You don't really want to know how they're doing. Some people have said to me, well, you've asked. So let me tell you. Let's go for a coffee. Uh, Let's get us a tea to lie on. While the psychologist listens to what my woes are or whatever else. You don't really. It's kind of like when we were up the week before the team came. They learn everything and wrote in Uganda. It's a bit of an annoyance to certainly our teachers. But, uh, ever, but it's got advantages. So the day before Janice and Jasmine and I left to go back to meet the team. I came out and said right here's what we're going to do. I'm going to say what is the crack. And you're going to say the crack is 90. And then when the team come in, they got off the bus and I said, what's the crack? And all these kids shouted at one, the crack is 90. And I kind of liked that because they just, I tried to get them to say bouchy, but it was poochy, poochy. They had to, so, but, but they learned these, they learned these things um, and wrote. So, um, so uh, what's the crack is a bit like, it's an introduction to being in the company of somebody. It's not really a how are you. Now, when we say, how was your time in Peru, Tom? What we really want is Tom to say, acknowledge that you acknowledge that he was there. And then him to say it was great. And then you want to say, when are you going back to university? And in some ways I kind of half understand that because Tom has probably has so many photographs in his phone that if he said to you, wait to show you. We played football every day. Now this is the first day. And this is the first time I kicked the ball. And then I scored this goal. And you should have seen the goal. Barra was over to the left. And you're thinking to yourself, I'm glad you had a good time, Tom. But actually, guys, what I learned this year is that all of us have a real ministry to teams coming back. If we could go beyond the, how was your trip, Tom? How was your trip, Barra? What was it like in Sandy Row, Holly? What was it like in Kilkeelruth? And then said, I'd really like to hear about it. Maybe we meet for coffee. Or maybe during coffee on a Sunday morning we'll just grab a a table here and we'll say, I'd really like to hear about it. What you do is you allow the incredible enthusiasm we all have of being back from these teams. They are intense, intense moments of real laughter, joy, um, seeing what God's doing. They're just, they're two weeks of 
being hyped, really, spiritually and in every kind of way. I mean, to see Helen Miller on a motorbike, it's, it's, an, just, it's an image that will be with you. You want to come home and tell people about it. You want to put it up on the screen, but I need to ask her permission. There's all kinds of moments when you're thinking, you just want to come home and, that was amazing what I've just experienced. And what you do want is just a wee bit of sympathy from the listener to say, okay, let all that hype out on me. I'm really prepared to hear your enthusiasm. There's an affirmation on that, but there's more. There's a chance that they might untangle, or I might untangle, my experience because you're willing to listen. And in a conversation, maybe ask me some questions. It's one of the many ways that somebody on a short-term team can do what we've just done. What were the lessons you learned? How might you put that into practice? Oh, that's really interesting, because in Fitzroy, we could really do with somebody like Holly and what we're doing in the Holy Land to take some of what she learned. So suddenly you, you don't only find out they had a good time, but you're unpacking, you're helping them unpack their experience and you're starting to move that experience into your experience and the experience of a team. So can I encourage you to go a little bit further than I'm glad you had a good time. But to sit down with some. Now they don't want to have 300 people inviting them for coffee. Well maybe we do but uh, it might take a while. Just a few that you know. Just ask them a wee bit deeper about what you're doing. But then you guys that were on teams. I've thought a lot about that. What happens when you finish? And here's the thing that happens to me in a team. Particularly this year's team. And the team knows I as an only child struggled with 23 leaders in our team. Um, but uh, I felt in our team this year, and it was all my fault, there was a lot of issues. I was, I was in sabbatical and I was trying to deal with those issues and I'm still dealing with some of those issues. I felt there was times in the team when I was almost watching it happening on a, behind a screen. And it was great. But it was all happening and you were thinking, have we all got bedrooms? That was an issue. Um, has everybody got hot water? Has everybody got a shower? When's the next food coming? Is the food arriving now? Um, is the buses all right? And you're doing so many things that you actually miss some of the stuff that's going on around you. And so if you've been on a short-term team, my advice would be take your photographs, every last one of them, and sit with them and live back into them. Go back into those moments. Look around at the people that were there. Think about the conversations that were going on. Think about the stuff that was happening. Try again to get yourself in to those stories for reflection. Go over those photographs again and again in your experience. Then maybe write them down. I try to blog it. I try to uh, unpack it in some kinds of ways. <laughs> try and preach a sermon to the church on Sunday about it. Um, try, to, try to blog it. Try to not blog it, but journal it. Try to write it down and get... What did I learn? What were the things that were great? Who were the people I want to continue with? Then keep in touch with the situation you were in. Arua exploded literally just after we were there. Now it did the week before we went, but I didn't tell the team until they arrived because there was a week before we left questions as to whether the team would end up in Arua because the Arua's MP was shot dead um, the Sunday before we left. Um, Sunday week before we left, eight days before we left, and, and we were on with Arua, we were on with Fields of Life, we were trying to work out, not 
whether it would calm down because there was riots on the streets literally for uh, the next couple of days. Um, but trying to work out when the next election was because if the next election had happened, the by-election had happened during the time our team were to be there, we just couldn't have been there because it's just happened and there was riots there. And the main um, instigator of opposition to the president, um, Bobby Wine, uh, singer, Afrobeat singer, he was, they shot his driver trying to get him. Um, he's been so severely beaten that he's just got out of jail um, um, in order to fly yesterday to America um, to see what the extent of the, the, the torture and the beating that he got as a result of that. That all happened right where our bus parks almost every day when the team went down to buy their fabric to make all those lovely cushions they sell at the craft fairs. Right there outside the Pacific Hotel, there was shooting and rioting. The president was there. There was all kinds of madness just a couple of weeks ago. I'm in touch with that every, almost every day. Uh, we have Emma Craig, who's from Scotland or England, and she's in Arua, and I ask her most days, how is it? And she's very honest. It's frightening. There's tensions. So you're constantly praying for Arua. Don't forget that wee place in Peru you were. Never give up, give up on the Sandy Row. Never give up on those kids in Kilkeel. Remember their names. Pray for them. Think about what they're doing. Keep in touch with it. I have the Daily Monitor there, the New Vision there. I'm always trying to pick up what the Ugandan news is so that I can continue to be part of what I was part of for a short time. And then the big question is, after you pray and continue to pray through that, how can that apply back home? I sat with David Craig, who's out there with Pioneers in YWAM, and uh, we had a lovely meal together with him and the Charlins and his wife Emma, and we were talking about uh, orientation team, orientating teams and teams coming in and what teams did and all that kind of stuff, and, um, uh, and he was talking about some stuff that I was going, you know, David, that's exactly what we need to be thinking about in Mission in the Holy Lands. Some of the stuff you do in these teams applies to where we are now. And we need to work those things through. So everybody has a role to play in these, this coming back because I really want you to get inside the heads of those who've been away. I want to hear about Sneha and the, uh, that monsoon and the floods in um, one of Christine's schools in India. I caught it very briefly. I want to hear about that. I want to know what happened about that and what so far we can do about that. Um, to find out what's going on. What are the things that are happening as a result of this? But, and very quickly, because we're running out of time, we're all on re-entry. Every one of us is on re-entry. We go away, maybe we're only away a few days, maybe we haven't been away yet, and you're going to go away now that we're all back. I hate it when people on Friday night say, the weekend. My weekend starts tonight, and I love saying, you know, people are praying about Monday. I kind of like Monday. Off you just go to work, guys. Uh, I'm going to have a day off, and uh, romantically shop with my wife in Tesco's. Um... So, but we're back and some of you are going away and we're going to feel bad that you're away, but then we were away and some of you haven't had a chance to get away. But all of us as a church, things have been slower, quieter, and suddenly everything's going to start happening again. How do we re-enter into that? Let me finish briefly. I'd love to say a whole lot more, but let me finish briefly with something that um, dovetails the two together. Short-term teams, I am convinced is the best ministry I've ever done, uh, ever. Whether it's SISM teams, whether it's being a chaplain. The chaplaincy short-term teams, that was the best thing I ever did. That was the most impactful thing I ever did. Those two weeks that those students were away, that's what mattered. 
Uh, the same probably in work here. We work for nine years, but I know that the teams that we take to Uganda, people come back changed and transformed and envisioned and sent off on different journeys. This summer, the final proof came when a book arrived in the post from Justin Zarate, who was my intern in 2006. In 2005, I was in my last sabbatical in Vancouver, and I wanted to write a book about all my teaching. I wanted to write a book that would get young people knowing what their purpose was and knowing how they could change the world. And so I went up to an office just across from J.I. Packer, and uh, he wasn't there, unfortunately, most of the time. But uh, I sat in that office, and I typed and I read, and I didn't come up with very much. But during the time, I wrote a visa application for Justin Zarati to come to work with us in Belfast. And he came and he led our teams the next summer with Lynn and I. And he's written the book. The book I wanted to write was written by my intern. It's called Made for These Times. And it starts on a chaplaincy team to Cape Town. And it ends up in a refugee camp in Rwanda where he is doing his organization. These numbers of faces are doing incredible things to transform the refugees that have no hope at all. And they're getting them an education and they're getting them developing their communities. It's an amazing book. And it started, he doesn't, doesn't say this, well he does mention Cape Town and he mentions Mornington and Ken and uh, all the stuff that happened to him here in Belfast. But we were in the mug and bean in Cape Town. Actually we met... Someday in the mug and bean in Cape Town this day, and then we met Brent van der Linde the very next day to talk about the teams coming in. And we were in Cape Town in the mug and bean, and we met two footballers that we were going to play football against, our teams were going to play against, Michael and Anda. And as we walked away from the coffee, Justin looked at me and said, are those guys going to get to university, Steve? And I said, Justin, they have no chance. Even if they had the brains, they don't have the money. And he said to me as we left the waterfront, got into our van, he said, I'm going home to Portland and I'm going to raise the money to get those guys to university. That's what the book's about. It's about how he didn't say it and then do nothing about it. It's how he said it and then he went and put into practice what he calls a moment of obligation. He said, God opened a moment of obligation to me. Here's my possibility. Am I going to go through the door? Made for these times. Best book you could read as you're coming back from sabbatical. But here's the thing, guys. There's moments of obligation all over Fitzroy, all over South Belfast, all over the Holy Lands, all over the world. And it's a door that you need to open. So I'm going to finish with a quote of Justin's. Remembering that when we do these things, we see things that prophets and kings would wish they could see. Justin writes this, and I think it's the best writing in the book, actually. I envision the work of the Lord as a gigantic heavenly, as gigantic heavenly wheels rotating all over the earth. They roll around, scrubbing up the darkness, mowing down injustice, and building up shaky structures of redemption and renewal. Put in motion centuries ago, The wheels are relentless vessels of creativity and disruption. The greatest opportunity of our lives is when you are invited to ride on the wheels for certain seasons. We may join with God for one or two rotations and then shift off so that others can hop on When our time is up. Right now. 
happening right here. Not in Peru or Uganda or India or Sandy Row or Coquil. Right here, in this part of Belfast, God's gigantic heavenly wheels are rotating. And he said to us, you, you may join with what I'm doing in scrubbing up the darkness and mowing down injustice and bringing redemption into the world we live in. Hop on. Hop on. You can experience it, be part of it, and have the privilege of me working through you. As an individual, as a congregation. Let's pray. With your eyes shut, I'm going to say what I haven't time to say in the sermon. Um, I'm going to say it now, but bear with me. I've been thinking coming back that I don't want to come back and carry on from June. I want to come back like I did in November 2009, absolutely fresh. Don't want to carry on in the momentum of nine years of ministry. Want a brand new impetus of God for Fitzroy and the neighbourhood and the city and the world. So let's pray for all of us for that. Lord, at the beginning of another church year, as my friend Sarah sings, we come with what we are, we come with what we've done, we are a beginning. Lord, may we here in Fitzroy be a beginning. We ask that you give us a brand new impetus. We don't want to live in the momentum of what we've done over the years. We seek a new impetus from your Holy Spirit. Even for the things that will continue seemingly just as before. A new impetus. So Lord, in our passion for you. In our compassion for others in our neighborhood. In our love for one another in the fellowship in our forgiving of traditional enemies in our community, in our commitment to serve you here in Fitzroy, in our commitment in our work and our leisure and our volunteering out of Fitzroy, in our pastoral care, in our mission, in our kingdom building, from this neighbourhood of the Holy Lands to Africa, India and wherever else, in our vision for your work, in our wisdom to carry it out, and in the grace needed to be pastorally sensitive as we do so, Lord, refuel us with an invigorating energy. Shift our propelling forward from momentum to impetus. Keep us up to your speed in the work you've called us to do. Lord, give us your grace towards your holiness. May our deepest gladness meet the world's deepest need. A new impetus, Lord. We ask for a new impetus. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.